No Content is a podcast hosted by Pixel and Kubo that brings you through the inner ramblings of whatever they want to talk about for roughly an hour. If you'd like to follow Pixel, you can check them out on Twitch at pixel underscore pusher 101 or on Twitter at pixel pusher 101. You can also follow Kubo at twitch.tv slash ryankubo, twitter.com slash ryankubo, instagram.com slash ryankubo, and youtube.com slash shigeos, S-H-I-G-E-O-S, Twitch TV, if you want to see VODs of any of the episodes. If you guys are not on audio or on a different type of audio, remember that we are on all audio platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. If you guys want to ever email us, you can email us at nocontentpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your insight onto the podcast, questions, or just fan mail of critiques or criticisms. You can also use the Fortnite creator code, Ryan Kubo, in all caps, R-Y-A-N-K-U-B-O, when you check out for any game on the Epic Creator Store, whether that be a game or through a microtransaction to help support this podcast. Also, check your show notes below or the description below, depending on where you're watching or listening to this podcast, to check out other podcasts that Kubo hosts as well. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey guys, what's up? How's it going here? Ryan, that's Pixel, and uh, there's a Half-Life VR game coming out that looks like it sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I'm, I'm so pissed right now. I'm actually pissed. We were, talk- we were talking about this before recording, but Pixel brought to my attention that a VR game is coming out for Half-Life. That's not Half-Life 3, so I, I didn't even yeah. click the link. I just saw the little, like, the, the clickbait, you know what I mean, for it, uh-huh. of the article, and I was like, meh. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's about all that we can say about that. It's not Half-Life 3. <laughs> yeah, and I was just saying that they had to say, like, they couldn't have the announcement of Steam VR and then be like, look what's coming to the launch title, Half-Life. And then I was like, 3? Oh, and they're like, VR. And then, you know, you would cause like an internet storm or whatever. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, what? you know what's coming next? Artifact VR. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is like, here's the thing, like, Valve hasn't actually created a new game in so long. They just yoink other properties. Pretty you know much. what I mean? I mean that's so all they do now. Yeah, and in the last game they made, like actually legitimate, was like Artifact, and it bombed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we can even call that like legitimately them making, it, I don't know. It's bad. What What are your thoughts on VR? To be honest, like what what is, what's your thing? Because I got a couple friends that have VR headsets. They're cool, but like mm-hmm. I get motion sickness and stuff yeah. from pretty easily so i don't like vr i think it's pretty gimmicky i i really don't like vr either i think it has its applications but like as a gaming device i don't think it's good just because like you wear that thing and you have to take it off after like 30 minutes otherwise your eyes get tired you like get sweaty and all that stuff yeah like you can't actually do anything for a long period of time it's just mm-hmm. It's it's not a good gaming device, and I don't think the future is VR. I think it's actually more like AR type stuff. Right. Um. So this is kind of like a step towards that, but like, I I really don't think this is gonna be like a thing. Yeah, I agree with you. It's one of those things too. Like, how much how much immersion do I really need, or like really want? You know what I mean? Within mm-hmm. like a game, like I'm pretty immersed as it is when I'm just playing like any game normally. Like, do I really need to be like wearing this headset standing up the whole time, swinging around? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there's, and it's not, and I don't know it's cool, but it's like, I don't know. The movement's all clunky. You kind of just like teleport everywhere really fast. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah, exactly. And just, it, it's not the, the graphics that you look at on the screen inside the headset. Like it's just not up to par. Yeah. It's not the same as looking at a monitor. Like the, the resolution is going to be a lot lower. 
Plus, like you're you're staring at a screen that's literally like two inches away from your face. Yeah. So there's like a, a lot of issues with that, uh, right. just having that so close. Um, so like, I just don't think it's a mature technology yet. I think it's still like really, really young. And it's yeah. just like, at this point in time, it's just, it's a gimmick. That's yeah. really all it is. I agree or whatever. Speaking of what's not a gimmick, I went to a wedding this week and that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, was, how was that? It was okay. I mean, like, it. I think all my friends are starting to get married. Like, it was really weird because I was there. And uh, all my friends have girlfriends now mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that was kind of interesting. So like uh, one of my friends, I'm not going to drop any names, but like uh, a couple of my friends brought their girlfriends. Like one of them is pretty recently dating this girl. And then the other other ones like been in a pretty long relationship with the, uh, the other one, which is pretty cool to see. And then this is mm-hmm. kind of like one of my first friends get married, like in our friend group or whatever. So yeah. it was it was a pretty cool. It was like a pretty uh crazy wedding uh, it was like a lebanese wedding which i haven't really oh, been to oh. been to many um he's lebanese and his uh fiance is european uh mm-hmm. so it was just kind of an interesting uh there's this kind of, it was really interesting just like the i guess the cultural differences in it or whatever mm-hmm. but it it was pretty it was pretty interesting and like okay so like <laughs> so you know like when they do the like it was, okay so it was like it, it had its sprinkles of like um i guess like stereotypical wedding stuff that you don't really need mm-hmm. to like cover right. It's like, oh, here's the video where it shows both of them as kids and baby photos. Now here's them to get, you know what I mean? It ends with them yeah. being to, you know, like the stereotypical crap or whatever. Um, they sure, didn't yeah. actually do like a bouquet toss, which I thought was interesting for the women or the garter thing or anything like that or any of that. Like mm-hmm. all the single guys come up and dance, you know, like type of thing. They didn't do anything yeah, like, yeah. like that, which was kind of cool because I, I don't like weddings where you feel like pressured to do stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, to entertain mm-hmm. other people, but uh, you know they like you know like when they introduce like the groom like the the grooms like the groomsmen and the bridesmaids yeah. and stuff like that. So you know that was like pretty stereotypical, right? It's just like oh here's the right, groomsmen right. they walk into like a corny song. Here's the bridesmaids, and then they're like then like some dude like takes the mic and he has like a thick Lebanese accent. And he's just like, no, you know, introducing like Mr. and Mrs. So and So, and out of nowhere, like four of these like Lebanese drummers. With like the loudest drums in the world, just come into this like social hall and they start like banging on these drums and like are dancing and stuff like that. And my friend and his uh, wife walk out as well, and it's like twenty minutes of just wow. these loud drums. And when I mean loud, I mean like I had someone sitting next to me, and I yelled at them. I was like, uh, I yelled something at them, and they're like, we couldn't hear each other, and we were like <laughs> screaming at the top of our lungs to try to talk to each other. And there was no way to hear him. So it was like, and that was the intro to the wedding or to like the reception. So it was like, oh man, this is the longest like reception I've ever had. (laughs) Like this is the longest (laughs) intro to a reception I've ever had. Um, Yeah. So it was just a little, little things like that, but it it was cool to, uh, it was cool to see everything kind of come together or whatever. Um, The music choices were really weird because it was like traditional, like top 40 hits probably from Lebanon and then 80s (laughs) music. (laughs) mixed in with it to kind of appease the non-lebanese crowd so it was just like all this crazy like shenanigans happening which i thought was like super weird as well so i don't know man it was it was an interesting it was an interesting it was like it was a pretty interesting wedding for sure yeah you tell like they really wanted to go all out and do something special yeah or at least like the groom's bride uh you know like groom's uh like 
parents did or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it could it could also be like a little bit of like column A and a little bit of column B or whatever. I will say though, first wedding I ever went to where I actually got full. Where really? I actually ate enough. Because I feel like every why is it every wedding have you you gone to like a bunch of weddings, I'm assuming. Like, why is it do you ever get like actually full from like eating at weddings? I feel like you don't you would never get enough food. I've always gotten enough food. Really? I, I feel like every wedding. wedding I've gone to, it's like they just skimp on the food and they're like we're always going to like in and out or something afterwards. Like all my friends and I. Like, I'm not even kidding you. You're going to the wrong weddings, man. I know, really. Like what kind of weddings you're going to? I'm going to like the Chinese banquet style weddings. Oh, I had another yeah. friend who had who had a um uh his wife is southern and so they had huge like spreads of food everywhere. Like oh, that's nice. I was completely full. Yeah, this one yeah, was so. yeah. This this one was the first one where that happened, so that was nice. <laughs> that was pretty sick. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine like not feeding your guests enough. Yeah. Like, oh, here, here here's like a rice cake, and here's some salad. And here's, <laughs> that's it. It, it you, you know, like, uh, like so this is like buffet style, so you can get as much as you want, which is pretty cool. But then the buffet was mm-hmm. so funny because it was so clear that like, because beforehand, like the my friend was asking like all of us um in discord like oh what kind of food do you like to eat and and we kind of told him and it was kind of funny to see that like the buffet didn't really have any synergy to it it just seemed like he took probably Mm. like what everyone wanted and mashed it up into like one buffet which is like fine but it was just like there was like four different types of salad there was like caesar salad then there was like normal salad where you could add ranch and uh italian Mm. dressing to it and then there was like another like kind of like gardeny more salad and then there was like three different types of potato salad Right. Because like probably some people wanted chunky and some people wanted dry and some people yeah. wanted wet. It was just like there was like four different types of protein. Like It was just really funny to see because it didn't really have any like flow to the buffet. It was just like, yeah. you know, that reminds me of Chinese buffets back in Florida where I went to school mm. and I would go to this place like expecting like, you know, just regular Chinese food, even just like fast food stuff. Right. But not only did I get that, but I got sushi. I got Korean barbecue. I got like Vietnamese noodles. I got pizza and yeah, French yeah, fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the pizza and French fries were on deck, right? <laughs> That's pretty typical. Yeah, exactly. there's, a, there's a bunch of buffets over here that do that, honestly. Yeah, and I was like, it was really surprising for me to see that. I'm like, wait a second, this isn't supposed to be here. Yeah, it was. It's just like to appease like the kids who don't like any of the food there. Yeah, so it's that's like probably it. you know what I mean to like just to like feed them or whatever. Uh, there was an open bar which was lit too. Oh, cool. So I, I, I didn't even know this, but I took shots with the, the groom's sister, I think, mm-hmm. or whatever. So that was pretty dope. I didn't even know it was uh, her until, like, uh, someone mentioned it to me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, after, like, you kind of see the sim- similarities, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a really chill wedding. It was on a golf course, which was super oh, nice, cool. like, up in the hills uh, as mm-hmm. well, like, kind of a hilly golf course. So it got really dark around, like, 7 or 8, and... Uh, the wedding ended around like nine, nine thirty or so. We left a little early, I reckon around nine. But it was really cool because, like I said, there was no like, um, there was like a very short best man speech. There was a very short like congratulations from the parents, but there was no like besides like the first dance. There was no like father daughter dance, no bouquet throw, no like garter belt thing removal thing, which I always think is like weird and creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? That's so weird. I don't get why people do that. Yeah, I've only seen the garter belt thing done once, so I'm not even sure if it's like legit garter belt like um, tradition. I don't know. I don't know who started that tradition, but it's like the most awkward thing ever. Yeah, it's a it's a little weird. Yeah, like I guess it's a little weird. It's weird, man. And then like, 
So it was like, you know, music started playing and then around seven, it got really dark outside and they had all these like, uh, they had like an open bar outside and a bunch of like uh, really nice like tables and couches because it was like a golf course, like I said. Uh, and then like we all just kind of hung out there. It was really cool. There's like fire pits and mm. stuff like that. And we all just kind of hung out there. Had a bunch of drinks, just chatted, like, you know, the groom mm -hmm. groom came over, hung out with us and just chilled and kind of just, it just felt like any other Saturday night, you know, hanging, hanging with the, the boys with their girlfriends, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, uh, no, that it sounds like it was great. Like, like, go ahead. Yeah, like, that sounds yeah. really, really cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, I will say it's really funny seeing everyone with their significant others and how different they act with them as opposed to when it's just like the boys. If that makes oh, sense. Really? You know what I mean? Like, like every guy does this. I feel like every girl probably does this too, mm -hmm. right? But maybe guys are more notorious for this. But it, like, you know, like when guys hang out together, like there's just a certain like way that guys hang out with each other. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. when their significant others are there, it's like so clear that like they just want to like just chill and not like embarrass everyone. You know what I mean? Oh, and sure, so like that's yeah. you know what I mean? It's like hanging with the girls or whatever. Like hanging with like the girls there or whatever. It's just like. It's so funny to like see some of my friends like I wouldn't say like more uptight, but like let not as like loose or whatever, or like mm -hmm. I guess like kind of getting embarrassed by like what people are saying or I don't know. It's just funny. It's just it's really funny to me. I always think that's hilarious. Was it a huge difference? It was noticeable, but I'm a pretty like I think you know like I'm kind of one of those people that like observes a lot of that type of stuff. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. it probably wasn't to a lot of people, but you could tell that like there was like, you know, someone would say something like everyone would laugh. And then there would always be like that one, like one or two couples that were there that would like, you know, like the guy would like lean over and like say something to his girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like not laugh as much as you think he would laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> she wouldn't approve. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, one of my friends, one of my boys like started like talking about this, uh, you know, about this incident that happened on my birthday, like a couple of years ago or whatever. Uh, uh -huh. and, uh, you know, like uh, it involved someone else and his girlfriend was there. So he was like all embarrassed and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like, just like <laughs> things like that or whatever, just like hanging out with people. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was cool. I, I feel like if I ever get married again, that would definitely be the type of wedding I would want to have. Something that's like super chill, super low key. Like mm -hmm. if you want to leave 10 minutes after the wedding's done, like over and done with, like, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like that would be great mm -hmm. or whatever. Like that would be so good for me to like just kind of like have. You know what I mean? Because I just want sure. like yeah. something super, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like weddings that feel like there's an itinerary. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I totally get that. So like, yeah. yeah, I just don't like that type of stuff in weddings. And I've been to a couple like that and it's just like so annoying, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who um, got married a couple of years ago and it was his second marriage. And the second time around, he was like done with all the itinerary type stuff, the uh, the pomp and circumstance, like all the regimented stuff. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna get married down at City Hall. Yeah. And afterwards, yeah. we're all gonna go down to this place, this burger shop, and all have burgers. Nice. I mean, you gotta find a girl. You gotta find a you know a, a, a you know a person like female or I don't know how many. We don't have many females watch this show. Let's be real here. But you know, <laughs> we you know a significant other, I should say, that is kind of down with that though. Because, sure, you know, sure. I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of like, uh, you know, like I've told people before, like, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I want to do that. It's like, you know, like weddings are mo realistically like 70, 30. It's like 70 percent like, you know, 
for the girl and like i would say like 30 percent for the guy maybe 60 40 sometimes you know what i mean but i feel like yeah. most of the time it's like it's for the woman you know it's like her day you know what i mean it's her time to shine like all that type of stuff or whatever so it'd be cool yeah. to find someone yeah. who's down like that down for that you know yeah for sure but yeah no i think it's like absolutely all for bride like it's all their day yeah the uh but you know i still before so before we started this podcast i think even before we really hung out irl i want to say uh you did tell me you would be my dj for my wedding i think i did say this yeah, yeah. you did say that <laughs> so you know in my in my mind you know my future the, the my future wife will allow me to do that <laughs> you know so that's like my total goal no is i just want like all my friends to be part of the wedding in like the most trollish way, right? Like just get you like it doesn't even have to just be you, but I would love like you to be DJ. So you pick out the music list. Like you don't have to actually DJ, but you to pick the music list or something uh -huh. like that. And then like maybe like one of my friends be the MC. Like, they don't oh, even have to be, be cool. part of the groom's yeah. party. Like they don't even have to do any of like the groom's stuff or whatever. Like they just be yes. the MC. So they have to like intro and outro stuff in and out or whatever. Like they get all that pressure to do that or whatever. Cause I feel like that would just be <laughs> so funny to do. Oh my and god! Like you know it's gonna be a list of like Twitch meme songs. Oh yeah, I don't care. Yeah, my family it's like doesn't be... know any music, so like that's perfect or whatever. Like we're just gonna play like it's just gonna be like the we're gonna walk out to the evolution of Twitch music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like my my dream is that they introduce is like and this I don't before I say this I don't care what any of you say this is a banging song, but. My my dream is that we both walk out to the Doctor Disrespect remix of Gillette. <laughs> you know that song I'm talking about? Yes. That is the best. I don't care what you say. That's one of the best like Twitch songs that's out there. That someone's like remix or whatever. <laughs> like it's actually like a decent song. You know what I mean? But no one would understand what it is. It just seems like it's a cool song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm not letting you get away with just like that, though. I'm going to be putting like ass clap in there. <laughs> just in like there. all that stuff. <laughs> Which, by the way, you know, the original people were at BlizzCon. Like the, Wait, the people really? who, who sang the original song to ass clap were at BlizzCon. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the um, fits in the uh, fits it's in the something. Um, yeah. And then uh, something. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really funny because like um, I was like looking at who was at the op our closing ceremony. And then, like, the first, like, I'm looking through all their songs. Like, I just Googled the bands and, like, you know, hit the top song, like, the most popular song, just to see, like, mm -hmm. who they were. And uh, the only one I knew was um, there were some people there that did, like, a League of Legends song, like, a year ago or something. But then this, like, mm -hmm. what's the band called? Fits and what? The Tantrums? Yeah, they were there. And I clicked their first song. And then just, like, instantly, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, wait, <laughs> is this? And then it, like you know it didn't like sound like the i was like wait and i was like oh my gosh this is gotchi <laughs> this yes, is gotchi music this is amazing. so amazing uh, it is and it was yeah. like this is a really good song wait a second yeah it's actually like a pretty decent song which is surprising and then like it's it's still the best like uh it's still the best um i think song that's you know been been produced or whatever um side note speaking of gotchi music um we're almost to the end of the year and uh lsf is compiling their yearly end of the year special Ooh. um which will probably which i want to do an episode on like a holiday special episode so we'll just take up one of the mondays and do this but last year they did this 
but they mm-hmm. ha- they had like best song. I think Nim did this too as well. So uh, Nim, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, I'm gonna probably yoink wh- whatever your winners are. But Nim did this <laughs> where he was like best meme Twitch meme of the year, and then he did like biggest like um, shock best biggest sh- like LSF does this in conjunction with them too sometimes. But they do, they do like most viewed clip, which hmm. I think still this year is Doc's like stupid effing mistakes. <laughs> No, it's yeah, it's that, and then the second highest post is Ninja moving the mixer. But they'll do like highest oh, viewed yeah. post or like highest upvoted post. They'll do like best meme song that was created this year. They'll mm-hmm. do like best emote, like Twitch emote or whatever, which I feel oh, like could be like great. that's gonna be hard, dude. I I feel like Keck W is up there. Keck W is definitely up there. Keck W, I Good, hate... um... okay. Wait, hold on. What do you think of Keck W? Before we continue, I I love the meme. I think it's hilarious. There's there's two con. You know. There's there's two camps to this, right? It's not like a universally accepted emote. People either love Keck W or despise Keck W because it's created People. from like an old meme from like five years ago. <laughs> so you're in the camp of you like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it too. So I don't know. It just it's just a meme that everyone, you know. But what were you gonna say about the emotes? I mean, um, there's one emote uh, that I was thinking of. What, what about a uh, pog plant? When did that come out? Is that this year? No, that was last year. That was last year. All right, I'm old fashioned. You know, you know what emote I think also has the running though. Now that you mentioned pog plant, weird champ. Th- that feels like that was last year. Too. Was weird champ? No, weird champ was last year. I don't know. I feel like. Well, I mean, the, the the original video that was was years ago. So, like, I mean, technically, it's oh, in the same man. camp as maybe, Tech W, right? Maybe, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I th- I think for um I think for emotes though, I think like uh people leave is pretty funny. It's the one where it's like the people that's like flipping flipping you off, but they animated it so that it turns around and it walks away. So then, like, whenever <laughs> someone's like does a bounty, or whenever someone from like who's like a just chatting streamer goes to like gaming, everyone just people leaves. <laughs> like they're leaving the stream, <laughs> yeah. like they're flipping off the streamer and like walking away, and the the people gets like smaller and smaller until it disappears. Dude, I haven't seen that one. That one's no. pretty good. Or people poof, oh. or just like it's like it just like grows and then it just disappears, like vanishes. <laughs> I haven't seen that one either. Dude, okay, how how can we forget about Ayaya? Was Ayaya this year? I'm pretty sure that oh, was this it was. year. No, I think it was this year. So Ayaya oh, is definitely man. up there. Oh, jeez, that's crazy. Okay, so there's a lot of good emotes too. Yeah, but I think we should do like a holiday episode. Like we'll just look at like big. Well, I'll have to. We'll have to. That one will actually have to be kind of scripted because there might be clips on there that we can't go over. You know what that I mean? That's true. That's very true. You know what I mean? But we'll have to look over the clips and like review it beforehand or whatever. But I'm really interested to see like, uh, you know, what what ends up being like the highest on like Reddit and stuff like that. And like around like the Twitch community or whatever, because it is coming to like the end of the year where we Mm got to we got to give we got to give memes or maybe we'll do like a last year review because last year got some pretty good. I think Lol W won last year for best best new best new emote or whatever. And I think Ass Clap won for best gotchy song. Because that came out last year. <laughs> oh, man. Last year was uh, that, Ass Clamp, and Ricardo Flick. Oh, That song yeah, came Ricardo out. Flick. Ricardo Flick was last year. Or whatever. That's so so th- those were some, like, those are some, like, pretty, like, good emotes or whatever. <laughs> like, pretty good, <laughs> like, decent emotes or whatever. So I want to mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up or whatever. I mean, we probably can't even, like, talk oh, about, like, whatever shows up on the top of, like, live stream fails, though. No, definitely not. Like, but, uh, depending I, I was eight months ago. 
Ayaya was eight months ago? Oh, eight dang. Months? Yeah, that was when uh, Giant Waffle did his 10-hour Ayaya uh, stream. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Okay, so number one post on the subreddit. Oh, num I oh wow. <laughs> this is not what I expected. So I we can actually talk about this. So oh. first one is Kid Bates NBA camera and flashes the like flashes the shirt because of the whole controversy in Asia. Mm. Then it's basically another article about that, but with Blizzard. Then it's Doc spotted in the NBA game two finals in Toronto where he was in all his gear. <laughs> then it was actually Google issues account permabands for Markiplier's YouTube live stream. Oh. Or whatever. And then it then after that it's wholesome Keanu Reeves heckler. Where the guy yelled at Keanu Reeves at E3, like, I love you, or something like that. And then Keanu, like, yelled back at him or something. He was like, no, I love you. That's wholesome. Yeah, so that's actually, like, the top, like, five clips on here. Like, I thought Ninja would be on here, like, you know, some, you know, Shroud going to Mixer or something like that. Oh, the, the Yeeting's up here, too, at number 10, basically. With the cat. Oh. <laughs> that's up there, too. That was oh, this year, too. Man. Man, there's there's a lot that happened this year. Maybe we should just compile our own list. I think we should. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like a ton. Let's see. This Yeah, that there's actually a ton of stuff that we missed. Ninja calling out Twitch, Shroud moving to Mixer. Um Oh my gosh. Foosley and Edison's proposal was 7 months ago. Streamer who broke record for most hours streamed in 30 days proposes to his girlfriend. What? That, was, that was that was this year, seven months ago. Wow, that's crazy. Like, it's a crazy amount of stuff that happened in one year. You yeah, we need to compile our own like end of the year episode too. I think. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll start working on that or whatever, and just like start compiling clips or like memes or something from like other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that yeah, will. Totally. I think that will probably be like the best way way to do it or whatever. Um. Well, but, sounds good. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so we kind of get ready for that end of the year special LSF going through all that stuff. Um, something I kind of wanted to touch on really, really quickly before we dive into possibly Pokemon or end of stream, depending on how badly I want to play Pokemon right now because I really want to play, <laughs> is um, I kind of wanted to talk about a uh, streamer slash YouTube content creator that I've been watching pretty recently who's been around for a while named Devin Nash. Um mm -hmm. Don't know him personally, so hopefully he's okay with us talking. I'm sure he's okay with us talking about him, but I, I would check him out, guys. It's just Devin Nash on YouTube, Twitter, um, Twitch, and stuff like that. But he's actually a uh, one. He works as like I think a CFO or something of Nerd Fusion. Uh, he was like the CEO for CLG for a while, and he's just kind of been around mm -hmm. in the loop and stuff. And I feel like he brings some pretty insightful like um, information just about like the Twitch and YouTube game. Uh, around mm -hmm. or whatever, but he actually had a stream this morning with Amaranth of all people, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. Where they kind of just talked about the longevity of content creators, like on the platform, and uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty long. It's like two or three hours. I didn't really listen to all of it just because it was like it's a live stream, so it's hard. So I'm hoping a YouTube video comes out for it or whatever. But I thought like uh, I thought one of the interest, one, some of the most interesting things that he talked about on the stream was that for the first time ever since Twitch has come out, there's been a huge dip in viewership, but only because mm -hmm. of Shout and Ninja Mick leaving. If you were to mm -hmm. not, if you were to count them not leaving or just leaving them out of the equation or whatever, Twitch is still growing, but it's growing at a slower rate. Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I find very interesting. And he said probably the uh, the reason uh, of this is because more and more people, it's basically we've captured most of the market that is probably vested or interested in Twitch. 
And that's why Twitch is pushing this ad campaign out to people who might not know or be as vested into it. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That's mm -hmm. kind of like what I was thinking too. Like if you're, if you are a gamer, if you play games, you have to have heard of Twitch at some point. Right. So anybody else outside of the Twitch like ecosystem probably doesn't care about it and probably yeah. doesn't want to join it for whatever reason. Right. Um, another thing that was kind of interesting was just, um, and I thought this was really interesting and probably something that uh, we could dive a little into is that out of uh, on a year to year growth, the only channel that has grown this year um, at a steady rate. So there's always channels that will peak really high and then drop viewers very low. But the only one that's been significantly steady actually is just chatting. Uh, on Twitch, just chatting is the only um, category on Twitch right now that is steadily gaining new viewership as well as gaining more streamers within it That's as well. Really so, so both of them. So basically, per so I guess we can call it personality-based streamers are really the mm -hmm. people. Uh, majority of uh, people. Now he said it is hard because a lot of people in the category, ourselves included, sometimes uh, are not categorized correctly. So it's really hard, right? Um, you know, but you have, you know, it's the same issue we had with IRL and we kind of talked about this on our old podcast, but if the categories aren't actually enforced by Twitch, then there's mm -hmm. no way for them to, um, it, it's just going to become the IRL section again, which is basically what's happened now is what he said. Um, yeah. You know, because there's cooking, there's art, there's all this type of stuff within just chatting and there's no real way to filter it out. But regardless, that is the only channel that has been steadily growing or category. I should say that's been steadily growing year over to year. Uh, all the other channels have actually have actually either plateaued or declined all games across the board. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense to because uh, just chatting is has the most widespread appeal and it actually reaches beyond people who are just gamers. Yep. People who are, you know, not interested in gaming can actually come and watch that kind of content and not have to, you know, deal with any kind of gaming at all. So I think mm. it's probably the one with the most widespread appeal and it's the one that might actually take Twitch to a broader audience. Yeah, I think that's what they're really hoping or whatever. Um, yeah, but it is true. I think that and I think just chatting has just a little bit of everything while gaming categories are subjected to what game they're in, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just chatting will have, um, you know, just chatting has a lot of unique people in there. There's people that don't play games at all that are just super normie and just like chat with their communities or talk or go IRL stream outside. And then you also have people in just chatting who are gamers, who are nerds, but are expressing um, that creativity beyond just playing the game right mm -hmm. uh, within just chatting itself or whatever so it's just really interesting that that category has like year over year become like the biggest um yeah one of the things though that's interesting though about just chatting is that at least from what i understand from watching the stream uh Devin was saying that it's probably hit its peak so in the last 30 days it has basically um in the last like year um, i want to say six months actually it's gained uh a ton of it's gained a ton of new streamers, but the total concurrent amount of views hasn't really increased that much. Mm -hmm. And the viewers are just being spread out as more content creators enter just chatting and enter the platform, Twitch platform in general. So this is something mm -hmm. that we've seen as well um, with Twitch, where um, there is more people coming to the platform to stream, but not necessarily more people coming to the platform just to watch Twitch and view right. Twitch. And uh, I think I think what's going to happen is kind of like what happened to YouTube in the past, mm -hmm. uh, where 
YouTube was the wild west. You had tons and tons of content creators creating all sorts of different things. But if you look at it now, a lot of it comes um, down to like a much smaller number of channels. Like, so a smaller number of channels captures a large part of the audience. And I mm -hmm. think this was going to happen with Twitch. It's that most streamers may not uh, end up streaming anymore. And then the ones that are left over will capture a large section of the audience. Mm -hmm. And it'll come down to like a few just mega streamers. Yeah, I mean, that that could be, that could be, I mean, I could definitely see that or whatever. I think, um, you know, I think with the steps that Twitch has been doing um, when it comes to tr how they treat their affiliates, I still think that's the right direction that they need to go um, mm -hmm. because there's so many more affiliates on the platform than there are partners. And mm -hmm. bridging the gap between partners and affiliates or whatever, like the differences in monetization is almost minuscule at this point. Um, yeah, you know, um, really, you know, at this point, you know, and I think I've said this in a pa in the past before, really all the partnered verified badge really does, in my opinion, is it mostly is just used as a Twitter badge, right? It verifies that mm -hmm. this is the actual person that you're that you're engaged with. And I think also in a way, and I know I understand a lot of people are grandfathered into the partnered program. But I feel like a lot of the people who do get partnered nowadays aren't really controversial figures, right? Um, we see that with like a bunch of affiliate channels that are pretty huge that have four to five K subs that aren't partnered, right? And who knows right, if right. they ever will. But I feel like the verified badge also is just kind of a Twitch seal of approval. It just, it's just, it's a badge that says, hey, Twitch approves of this channel, likes their content. It's kind of like approved content. And it's like, hey, if you're not wearing, if you're not watching a verified streamer, it's the wild. It could be the wild west out there. They could say something offensive. They could be mean to you. They could be rude to you. But these streamers mm -hmm. with the verified badge, these are the good kids. You know what I mean? These are the ones that Twitch right. are like. We like them. They're good in our. They're good standing. We back them up. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I understand a lot mm -hmm. of the partners are grandfathered in or whatever. But just seeing yeah. from like how they verify people nowadays, it seems very clear um, what the verified badge is now. Yeah, that definitely is like what their um, philosophy is for being a partner. Of Twitch. Mm -hmm. You represent Twitch on a, on a higher level in a sense, because like you represent the values, you re represent the uh, kind of content that Twitch wants you to uh, put out. And so they enter a sort of like business agreement with them in mm -hmm. order to like, you know, further their channel and also Twitch themselves. Right. So yeah, I think um, you're right. It's, it's a mark saying that Twitch is uh, saying like, I approve of you. Right. I want you to keep doing what you're doing. And I want you to, you know, spread the, spread the love, spread your channel out and make Twitch a better place. Right. But uh, overall, I just find it interesting that, you know, we're, we are transitioning or shifting to more of a personality based streaming platform or whatever. Uh, I think it's always kind of been that way. You know what I mean? But I think it's been more of a 50 50 split or whatever, but it seems like, you know, it, I don't know, the viewership seems to be go shifting to, you know, the right side of uh, personality based or whatever, which I find interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think uh, that kind of streaming will always win out. Um, mm -hmm. Watching someone for their skill while that's really cool and stuff. I think we can only stand a certain amount of that before we need something uh, different, something exciting and new every time we watch. Mm -hmm. uh, so like when watching sports, I think we mentioned this before where we don't watch sports necessarily for like the athletic, you know, prowess and stuff, mm -hmm. but we watch it for the rivalries and the right, story. Yeah. The story lines, yeah. things like that. 
Yep. And um, sure. there's a lot of personality behind these figures. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing with streamers. Like, it's a much larger, or it's a much more powerful draw when a streamer has a powerful personality, one that right. you connect with, or one that's like really riveting. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about the gameplay. Right. Um, I guess kind of lastly that I kind of wanted to talk about, and I might be butchering some of what he said or whatever, but a lot, uh, a lot of it too was that, um, and it's something that I've kind of said on this platform as well too, is that um, there's a ton of external, uh, Twitch is going to probably, in my opinion, do something when it comes to the notifications of streams and stuff like that or just getting people to come to your channel because um you know the last graph that he kind of showed was that like 60 to 70 percent of viewership comes from external sites uh mm -hmm. external traffic and not ne not necessarily within twitch so what that means is that you're most likely getting notifications or learn or not even notifications but notifications of live streams or learning about a live streamer off of off-site you're not mm -hmm. learning uh, about them through on-site or whatever, which is something that, in my opinion, I don't know how. I'm not that type of person. I'm not that type of business uh, mindset is probably going to change. Mm. Um, and one of the things that Twitch has been teasing for a while, which we don't like, is algorithms. Mm -hmm. AI algorithms, right? Because yeah. if you think about it on YouTube, how do you discover other YouTubers on YouTube? Usually through YouTube. You know what I mean? I'm sure. not usually scrolling through my Twitter feed and see, you know, Markiplier or you know, I don't know any YouTubers. I'm just randoming people, but I don't usually see like Markiplier retweeting other people's content, right? Mm -hmm. And saying like, That's hey, go check out this guy or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But with Twitch, because of the culture and stuff like that, a lot of the times, to be honest, and because and I think this is also the nature of Twitch, it's easier to collaborate on Twitch. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. You know what I mean? I find, very I much. discover a lot of streamers off through Instagram, through Twitter, through other means off of Twitch, you know, Hey, I'm at, the, I'm on this person's stream right now. Come check it out. You know, come, come swing by. Cause it's so much easier to collaborate regardless if that person's streaming or not. Right. Um, right or right. the streamer you're following is streaming or not, you know, you'll still go to that channel cause they're there. But I think that's really interesting that a lot of engagement is coming from offsite. Um, mostly uh, a big chunk of it from, uh, uh, Instagram and YouTube is what they're saying, is what mm. he was saying or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, I can understand. YouTube is kind of an odd one because like, I mean, usually people go to YouTube and they kind of stay on there. Highlight channels. Because... I think he said it was like highlight channels, old VODs and unique content. That's what, a lot of it is just mm. a lot of it. A lot of it is unique content. He said um, mm, a lot of Twitch partners or just people who are streaming full time on Twitch just they have huge audiences on youtube first and then they start a twitch stream so ah. they you know there's like a guy for example that i was watching stream pokemon sword and shield his name's a drive never heard of the guy before he had about three to four thousand viewers or has every time i go check it out he's usually at the top of pokemon sword and shield i checked him out <clears throat> pretty cool streamer he's just playing the game whatever you know he has his youtube and stuff i go to his youtube he has like 1.2 million subscribers on youtube and uh he's you know he posts a video and like literally like on uh, like on the video order there's like an annotation it's like if this annotation is up this means that i'm live right now on twitch.tv slash a drive or whatever and you can go to that mm -hmm. right there so it's definitely pushing traffic that's better than like an, uh, a twitter a tweet or an instagram post probably you know what i mean yeah true but uh, huh. uh another thing too is that he was saying uh, what's getting really popular on instagram is like people down like because of twitch's ability to download clips now a lot of people are downloading their clips and you see this like you saw this a lot with like fortnite i feel like 
but it's like mm-hmm. every streamer that I follow, like big streamers I follow on Instagram, all they do is post like clips of like their, mm-hmm. you know, a clip on their Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> With like a bunch of hashtags for gaming and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, it seems yeah. to drive like a lot of traffic as well. Huh. Yeah, everybody loves those short little bits of content, you know, that you can, can watch in under 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the things that um, I think I've been saying, and I know I think Pixel has been saying as well for a little bit on this podcast is that if you guys, you know, I don't a lot anymore, but I do, I did have, you know, friends or family members or just I will get random tweets of people asking me to like help set up their stream and stuff like that. And I'll be like, yeah, sure. That's fine. It's, you know, it's not that hard. I'll I'll help you set it up or whatever. And, you know, usually we get to talking. I'm like, hey, you know, what's your plan with streaming? You're just doing it for fun. They're like, yeah, you know, but it'd be really cool if I want to get big or whatever. And this is one of the things that like, I know not a lot of people agree with me about, but if you want to mm-hmm. become big on Twitch, you can't do it just for fun. Like that's fine. Like there's two camps, right? It's cool. If you mm-hmm. want to do Twitch just for fun, that's cool. But that's totally different from your mindset of like, I want to make this into something because mm-hmm. when you get into that mindset, then you're looking at like marketing, branding, YouTube, Twitter schedules, all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I don't like when people are like, kind of like, um, like, yeah, what's your best advice with like streaming? If I want to make it as a Twitch partner. And I hate the advice of like, dude, just have fun. You know what I mean? Like just do like, yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. I get it. But I, but the implications of that is like, to me, just sounds like just be lazy, just stream whenever you want to don't have a schedule. Just do it when you want to, or when you feel like playing a game, but if you want to make it on the platform, you you got to put in a lot of work, and a lot of that work mm-hmm. seems to be coming from offsite now, which is something that Pixel and I, like I said, have talked about already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really true. Like, if you look at any kind of kind of like freelance work, you can't just mm-hmm. say to a person like, "Hey, just do it for fun." You exactly. Know? It's it's at a it's a business uh, at at the at its very core. You got to keep your day job, obviously, but right. you also have to treat this other side gig as something that you know deserves a lot of attention a lot of time and energy too yeah. and with any kind of like entrepreneurial job you have to put in a ton of hours mm-hmm. and you always have to constantly be thinking how to improve your business right how do you improve your reach how you improve um the content all these different things mm-hmm. so you know maybe part of that is fun but yeah you, you just have to put the you know you got to put the effort in. Yeah. I, I think the best example that I give people is it's like being a musician. It's like, are you playing for fun? There's a big difference being a musician. It's like, are you playing for fun or are you mm-hmm. in a band? Because those are two different things. If you're playing for fun, it's like you're just at home. You're lo- learning guitar covers. You know what I mean? You're just like mm-hmm. kind of fiddling around, like dicking around, you know, uh, yeah. practicing maybe like an hour or two or here. But if like you're in a band, like anyone who's been in a band, they understand what that means. That's it is fun. Don't get me wrong. But that's, you know, hours of practice solo. That's mm-hmm. making schedules and coordinating with three to four other people so they can meet up in person and practice for three to four hours, maybe every other night. And then also right. means booking gigs and booking shows at small venues and also marketing yourself and selling those tickets online or to family and friends. It, there's a huge difference between I'm playing this instrument for fun and I'm in a band. That's how I kind of see Twitch as well. There's a huge difference between I'm streaming for fun and I want to make it as a stream, a stream part, or I want to make it as a Twitch person or I want to yeah. build a community. There's a huge difference between the two. 
Yeah. And, and a good <clears throat> sign of uh, commitment is also, is also finding fun in that process. Exactly. Finding yeah. fun in like finding those gigs in practicing in doing these like, you know, shows and stuff like that. And if yeah. you're still having fun, that is a great sign that you need to keep going and keep pushing harder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I mean, that's just, I don't know, it's just something that like annoys me. But, you know, kind of getting back to the topic at hand, um, you know, so, you know, like we've, I think, Pixel, like I said, once Pic, uh, Pixel and I have said it before, I think the best way to grow on Twitch nowadays, four years ago, five years ago, I think it was different. But nowadays mm -hmm. is to start doing content off of Twitch first. Um, I have a ton of friends that um, started with alternate Instagram accounts that just do, uh, that are, you know, subject to one or two games, like Pokemon or Hearthstone or something like that. Um, you know, uh, making YouTube videos about, like, your favorite game or something like that, or even just clips or highlight reels of that type of stuff. I mean, start mm -hmm. a podcast. We, you know, my channel personally has seen, like, a, not a big bump, but a bump in viewership and stuff like that because we are making content off-site right we do live stream this podcast of course but this podcast goes out to spotify and itunes and youtube so that's also drawing people in off-site as well start a podcast talk about mm -hmm. stuff and then link your twitch twitch.tv slash ryan kubo in your description so that people can go to it and stuff like that right it's off-site content i don't i don't know how people do it streaming when they just start bare bones no social media nothing and just hit the start stream button I don't know how they do it. You are working in a vacuum, essentially, like you're in a black hole uh, because you have no connections. You have you 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 want to reach out to people, but your web is not reaching anything. It's like it's not yeah. even reaching the closest like um, source, and you really have to just spread out. You know, create yeah. as many like ways that people can find your content as possible. Like it might sound a little gross to some people. Like it might sound like, oh man, you're just kind of like selling out and all this kind of stuff. But no, like if your content is good, it's got to get out there. You know, people will want to see it. Like yeah. people will be thankful to, you know, be able to listen or to watch whatever content you have. Yeah. And you should never feel ashamed to, you know, just spread the word as, as much as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. Like, so, well, sell so is kind of one of those things that's like simp or white knight. It's just thrown around on Twitch partially as a meme partially because of incels though as well it's just one of those things that's like so blanketed now like anything can be solid i don't think most people are serious yeah. about the terminology anyway but if we even mm -hmm. look at some of like the biggest streamers on the platform or whatever a lot of them came outside of twitch or started because of twitch and had a bump in viewership right mm -hmm. take for example yeah. shroud he was a csgo pro for a while then he started streaming on twitch take tim the Ta tim the tatman for example not many people know this, but in 2011, 20, uh, 2012, he was like Soda Poppin's number one mod. And mm -hmm. after Soda was done streaming, he would sometimes host Tim or just people knew Tim. And he always had like 100, 200 viewers. I think even his first stream, he had about 150 viewers uh, because people knew him as Soda Poppin's mod. Look at Lyric. Right. He was a mod for Towley, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone has like that sellout or, I don't know, didn't make it on their own, whatever you want to call it. But really all it is is that they were lucky, first of all, but they also took the position that they were in and tried to do something with it and didn't just, quote unquote, stream for fun. They saw mm -hmm. it as a way to build up a brand or you just get a live stream fails. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, even then, right? 
getting on live stream fails or getting on these like you know clip youtube clip highlight you know compilations or whatever you know sometimes it's for something unfortunately like really bad but at the same time people wouldn't stick with those people who have blown up on lsf or blown up from these clip channels if their content sucked right Right? exactly you know and there's a lot of people no offense but there's a lot of people there's a you know i was looking at this out i was looking at this web page external web page of the top 15 clips most viewed clips on twitch of all time and you know you can go to their channels and stuff and most of them no offense to them very small partners or not partnered at all just affiliates you know what i mean like they had a really funny Mm -hmm. clip or something really cool happen in their in that 30 seconds or whatever but unfortunately what for whatever reason maybe their content wasn't just up to snuff or they didn't take capitalize on that uh, on that exposure they didn't blow up instantly <laughs> you know what i mean they still mm-hmm. worked and they still grinded for it you know um, right so yeah yeah it's really like riding a wave kind of thing like i'm sure um tim and lyric first got this feeling like hey i can actually make this work mm-hmm. and you have to ride this wave you have to keep constantly pushing and pushing and producing Mm -hmm. um making sure that you're consistent being uh like a fantastic content creator and people recognize that once you once you get that uh get to a certain point it becomes a little easier and easier like getting your foot in the door and into an industry Mm -hmm. like once you get a little bit people see like how you work how you operate and then you get a little bit more work and things like that kind of builds on top of like previous um successes and that's kind of like what you need yeah so it's like riding a wave yeah i think it's also a lot of it too is uh it's social aware a lot some of it has to do with social awareness too i i know there's people in the industry big and small that just have bad reputations for not really networking properly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and just being weird about it or being very forceful or whatever and it's just kind of weird it has to come natural as well and there has to also be you basically here's my here's my thing or whatever at the end of the day you just need to humble yourself right like i don't go around like saying like oh this is my twitch this is how many views i get blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah. because in reality it's not a lot it's not a lot of followers it's not a lot of views yes it's a lot in i guess a big picture type of thing sometimes because apparently if you have more than five viewers at a time on your stream then you're in the top one percent of twitch which is kind of crazy to think about but You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where still it's really, really small and stuff like that. But there's a lot of content creators that I've met and I've talked to or whatever that just just come off so arrogant. And so, like, you'll be lucky to work with me. And then I go to their like analytics and they're smaller than me. And I'm already like a really small streamer. And it's like, what? (laughs) Why? Why is this? Right. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess kind of moving on because that could go into like a weird hole or whatever. I could Um, go on with with that topic, too. Yeah, for sure. you know, let's get to the real news. Pokemon Sword and Shield came out. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. This game has ruined my life. And, it, and I, don't, I don't even know in a good way or in a bad way. Uh, we reported last week that I would beat it by Monday. I beat it by Monday morning at 1.30 a.m. So technically, I did beat it by Monday, you baby. Um, I took my sweet time. It is true. The game can be beaten in 10 hours. I beat it. I think my playtime was like 30 hours. I just loved oh, it wow. so much. I was like going back, doing raids with people. I, as a Pokemon fan, I really enjoyed the game. I love the social features. I love the new Pokemon. I'm working on my decks right now and trying to complete everything. It's been really, really fun. Um, I've been streaming it a little bit here and there, which is pretty cool as well. It's just been really chill to like kind of play and stuff like that. 
and kind of mm-hmm. like socialize with other friends who are like in the hype uh, with it or whatever. But I mean, I can only say really good things about it. Um, I don't know. You can jump in and interrupt me whenever you want, Pixel. Sure. But um, I love the quality of life changes. I think all mm-hmm. that is so nice. No TMs breaking, no HMs breaking, easier to yes. level, PC anywhere. Like, it just seems so nice. And I don't know why people are complaining about this game so much. It's a good game. It's solid. It's, if you like Pokemon, yeah. you'll like this game. Does it, like in, does it reinvent the wheel? No. But does Nintendo ever reinvent the wheel? Not really. Right? Like, no offense, <laughs> but like true. every Zelda game is basically the same except with like a little gotcha moment. Last last generation, it was a wolf. This generation, it's open world-ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the core foundation of what a Zelda game is is still there. Was Super Mario Odyssey like a really good game? Yeah, but did it really change anything from if we look at like Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Galaxy? Not really. The only difference was you got mm-hmm. a hat and it can transform into different things instead of it being gravity or whatever. You still mm-hmm. do the same baseline things in all the games. Yeah, so you know what they say though, yeah. it's evolutionary, not revolutionary. Exactly, exactly. Pokemon evolution. Yeah, uh-huh. I got it. I get it. But I, re- I mean, what do you think of the game so far, Pixel? Are your Pixel's definitely not as far into it as I am, so I'm trying not to spoil like any spoilers or anything like that. But I mean, are you enjoying it at least? Are you, or you know, what's your take? Um, I think it's fun. Um, I kind of wish that like the camera control and like the freeform movement, like the open worldness of the wild area, was. The entire game like i kind of mm. wish that was yeah like how how you kind of like explored the world and stuff mm-hmm. um but i think it's kind of cool so far the graphics are great mm. um it's you know the same kind of gameplay that i'm everybody's used to which is a both a good and bad thing mm-hmm. um but I, i've only played like two hours of this. i don't know mm. if i can give you much more than oh, like, yeah. very 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 small initial impressions other right. than like you know it's cool it's it's a really pretty game you know i mm-hmm. i'm still interested in playing yeah i mean that's that's fair yeah i think that's also another reason why i went back to the wild area so much too was because it's just such a unique area and such a unique part of the game and and from what i understand from uh i think game freak did an interview the wild area was actually added in like very last minute because both mm-hmm. games were developed side by or both Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and Sword and Shield were developed around the same time. Sword and Shield being a bit behind Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So when Let's Go mm-hmm. Pikachu and Eevee released and people really liked like the overworld Pokemon and like the ways that you can encounter them and stuff like that, they totally created the wild area last minute. So apparently it wasn't supposed to be in the game. So I could see them expanding on like I feel like this is how Pokemon games are going to be like for the rest of the time and i i feel like the next generation of pokemon games they'll just be the free roaming camera and it really be like open world like breath of the wild you know what i mean that would be really cool i, I think that's the I next think... step yeah definitely you know what i really hope for in a, in a pokemon game is sort of like an action game style of gameplay similar to like dark souls where you control the pokemon directly and you can actually dodge attacks and some more like a real-time fighting uh style of game like i would really love to see that yeah i mean i i don't think i don't maybe we'll see that in the future but i can see quick time events maybe mm-hmm. like if you do if you land something or do something you have a, ch- a better chance to dodge or something like that you know one of the things yeah. that i the one of the things that like for me which is kind of really sad to think about or whatever 
is, you know, Nintendo caters to casual fans and they've always catered to children. So it is one Very of those things, so. you know, um, one of the things in the game is this thing called uh, Dynamaxing, where you become like a huge Pokemon and your Pokemon mm-hmm. gets like stronger and stuff like that. And it's like, just think of it from a kid's perspective. It's just like, oh, man, I have like a 60 foot Pikachu. This is awesome. Right. Like, just, I just feel right. like a lot of the mechanics and stuff or, you know, some of the things introduced in the game are very much like kid like because mm-hmm. uh, the game's real. like for me as an adult, it's really easy <laughs> like to get to level yeah. up to battle. So it seems so much easier than previous ones. I don't know why that is. And then like the wild area, just farming that stuff. It's so much easier. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely caters to, like, the younger crowd, and, you know, that's... I, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's still, it still makes for a kind of a fun experience, even though, like, it's ridiculously easy. Yeah. But, you know, I think people who complain about it being too easy forget that, you know, it's made for ages 6 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, it just... And it's also just game... the. And it's also kind of like, let's be real here or whatever, gaming culture. We've said this a ton on this podcast, but the gaming world has really changed or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, if you look at games, honestly, like Death Stranding or the the last Final Fantasy games or Metal Gear Solid, these kind of intense, long games where the mechanics are confusing, you know, you're kind of thrown in the middle of the story with these weird character names and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like those games do not sell well. Mm. You know, I feel like those type of games like JRPGs in general do not sell well. They're very niche. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was a time when like those were like the bees knees, just like RTS games, but they are very niche games in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's kind know. of unfortunate. But... Even yeah. Death Stranding. Like I, th- I really enjoy Death Stranding. I really like it. I took a break mm-hmm. from it because of Pokemon, but um, it is one, it is one of those games where if it came out 15 years ago, it probably would have gotten game of the year, but mm-hmm. it is one of those games where like, it's like a Fallout game or a Skyrim game where, but let's be real, a little bit more linear because it's like playing a movie, but open world-ish, but at the same time does not hold your hand. And when it tells you you need to go X amount of miles, it feels like you have to go X amount of miles. You can't just fast travel there or run there. Or if you forget something at base that you needed, you need to run all the way back and it's probably not worth it. You know what I mean? And a lot of the frustrations of the game is like people are like, it's not... I don't know. It's not not linear, but it's not. It's antiquated, anecdotal. It's confusing for no reason, which I think is a dumb argument because I was never confused. You know what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. that's just because I come from a JRPG background. But like I was like people are complaining about the names of the characters and stuff like that. How like they're weird names or something like that, or like there's too many characters to remember. And it's like I don't know. I was I'm used to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just weird. That's kind of a weird complaint. Like of all the things to complain about in the game, you're complaining about the characters and names. Or people are complaining about like inventory management. Like I don't know. It just seems like normal inventory management to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like realistically, you're a courier. How much stuff can you you can you take? You know what I mean? Or people are seeing like the encounters, like after a boss encounter, because every time you get hit or you fall, you lose some of your products and they get damaged. And so people are like, it sucks when you get into a fight and then you have to go around and pick up everything after the fight's done and like restack mm-hmm. it and stuff. Like I don't know, I, that would make more sense to me. Like, what do you guys want? And just none of the packages to be damaged or be fighting, and then you just continue on and fight. Like I feel like just the gaming culture has changed so much where people don't want like. People don't want, people want a dopamine drip, right? They don't want to have like this high and low, high and low type of roller coaster mm-hmm. in a game nowadays. Yeah. Or maybe it's like it's been so long since a game like this has come out that people aren't used to the style of gameplay. I mean, yeah. like Death Stranding kind of reminds me of like a very, very slow 
pace of like Shadow of the Colossus. Right. You yeah. know, it's like big, huge open world, very like thoughtful gameplay mm-hmm. where you have to like just really plan it out and things like that. I don't yeah. know if uh, that is seen a lot in games yeah. or if it is, it's very niche. Yeah. So I don't know. I really enjoy the game. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys or anything like that, but I, I think it's really cool. It's obviously not a game for everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I would just go with that order. Pokemon though has been like really, really fun. I don't think I'm burned out yet. It, it seems to mm-hmm. be giving me that dopamine drip <laughs> still or whatever. <laughs> it's been really fun to like find, figure stuff out and get and complete stuff or whatever. So, and it's on like console, which is pretty cool too as well. Yeah, but yeah, totally. And you got this sick item shop too. Like yeah. I was like, oh man, I can change my clothes. This is awesome. Oh yeah, you get the avatar stuff too. I forgot. I haven't messed with any of that. I don't think I should probably go mess with that. There's too much to do. It's almost like yeah, it, it. You know, the social features too. Surprisingly, for a Pokemon game, are pretty interesting. So that's been taking away a lot of my time as well. So like mm-hmm. when my friends aren't online, that's when I'm like working on my decks and doing tedious stuff like that but when my friends are on that's when you know i actually do stuff if you guys didn't know um there's raids in the game kind of like pokemon go we kind of went over this last week but now that it's out we can kind of talk a little bit better but from these raids you get things like essentially rare candies because when you beat a raid you don't actually level you have to use these rare candies on yourself so right now what i've been doing is just kind of farming these raids (laughs) to get those Mm -hmm. rare candies and get those items for later pokemon usage and it's really nice because um, this has probably been the first Pokemon game ever that I personally played where I didn't stick with the same team that you can get from Route 1 or 2 from 20 minutes in the game all the way through the game. <laughs> it's so much easier that if you do get a new Pokemon that you do want to play, it's so much easier to go back. And this is why I did, and this is why my playthrough took so long. But, um, you know, halfway through, I got a Larvitar, and it was cool that I could just go back into the wild area, do some of these raids with friends, like on Discord, kind of chilling and chatting with them, and then level up this Larvitar to be in, within a matter of an hour or an hour and a half of gameplay while catching new Pokemon, while getting new items and stuff like that, and be able to have this Larvitar on my team. Whereas before, previously, you couldn't do that. You just couldn't switch out your Pokemon, right? Yeah. So. It's, it's very much like streamlined. Yeah. Everything, everything that I've seen so far in this game has been like quality of life improvement from yeah. previous versions. Like they got rid of a lot of just like the um, annoyances, I guess, and got rid of things that just didn't make any sense. that are kind of just like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just kind of focus more on just the core gameplay, which is really nice to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, I need to go play Pokemon. So I think this is a good time to wrap up this episode <laughs> as well. Cause it's been a while, right. but um, thanks so much guys for hanging out as always. Uh, hopefully we'll get some news on half-life three on Thursday. Is it Thursday or Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we'll go get some news on that until then guys. I'll be still playing Pokemon pixel. Will probably still be playing Pokemon. So maybe we'll oh, just make wait, a Pokemon yeah. podcast. We'll turn this into a Pokemon podcast after a while. But anyway, guys <laughs> have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week for another episode. Take care guys. See you guys. Bye.